Welcome back to Underexposed Podcast. Today I'm here with Valeria Rocha. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. My wife is a huge fan of Taylor Swift and her favorite album cover was Lover. And she's like, you need to find that girl and figure out who it is. But then I went to your website and your work across the board um, is just really beautiful and, and floral like we talked about and really colorful. So I was like, yes, I definitely need to have this girl on the show. And I'm really grateful that you're here today. That's that's the last of my Taylor Swift fanboying today, but I, <laughs> I love that work. It's so fun. Thank you gonna, so much. Take me from the beginning. I know like you're super young in the game, but starting out like first camera, first like visceral experience, picking up a camera in a basement somewhere. What's the origin story? So actually it's so funny that you said that because I think I picked up a camera with, with like intention for the first time in high school. But I recently came across my very first camera ever, which is like this little plastic pink Barbie toy camera that takes 110 film. Um, And I just like found it in a box. Um, And I asked my mom if she had any photos that I may have shot with that camera, because I think I got that camera for maybe my first Christmas when we have had moved to the United States. Um, I was maybe about five years old. So that thing is old. and she was like, no, I don't think that we'd have any of your, your pictures that you took with that. And I was like, wow, I guess no one like saw that I was going to do this. <laughs> didn't as see a the career. potential. Yeah. I, it would have been so cool to see. But yeah, that that I just re- resurrected that camera from that box. And um, I just bought some film and I'm going to test it out uh, when the film comes in. So that'll be cool. But uh, with intention, I picked up my first camera in high school um, and I was just trying to fulfill an elective basically. And that was just like the only class that was available. And I just think it was one of those very meant to be things. Cause I didn't expect to enjoy that class as much as I did. I didn't expect to take the assignments as seriously as I did. And from the jump, when I look back at the work that I was making in high school, I can see like so many of the things that I still have in my work today, just obviously so much more unpolished and I guess raw because I was so new to it. But yeah, my, I, my dad bought me my first camera, my first digital camera. It was a Canon rebel. I think that was what it was a Canon rebel. And that was in like 2010, I think. And then I went to SCAD And that was kind of just a fluke that I ended up going there. It was an art school and it's kind of like the big art school in Atlanta. I knew I wanted to stay uh, like close to my family. And yeah, I kind of picked photography just as, I guess, I was was initially going to go to school for musical theater and I've always loved theater so much. And then I just, they didn't do musical theater at the Atlanta campus, which was where I was going. And I was like, you know what, let me just put photography down as my major and I'll change it along the way. And then I never did. I never changed it. Um, I really felt like I, I think that once I got through the end of my like second year at SCAD, I was like, oh yeah, this is totally what I want to do. I remember that that towards the end of that second year, I found this book, uh, this photography book by Ken Reagan. Do you know who that is? It sounds familiar. I, I, I he he's a like really like well known classic rock photographer. Like he photographed the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, like 
all Bob Dylan. He was a very, like one of Bob Dylan's like main photographers. Uh, and so many of his photo shoots are like super, super iconic. And like, you definitely have seen the pictures of these people. You just might not know that it was him. Yeah. And I found this book. I was working at an art gallery. I found the book in the back and I grew up listening to that music. And so I just was very drawn to it initially because my dad and I connect so much over that time period of music. And the book was from like the fifties through like the mid nineties kind of. And it was just like a compilation of like his best work. And I just remember going through that book and like seeing all of these icons and thinking, oh, like, I wonder if I am so drawn to this photography because it's like pictures of people that I recognize because these people are iconic or is it because the photos themselves are just iconic? And I was thinking about the difference and thinking about like how people that are not artists perceive these pictures of iconic faces versus the people that make the pictures themselves. And I think that Ken had a really, really beautiful eye for capturing these really like iconic moments. Uh, some of them staged, some of them really honest. And I just, I, I was just so drawn to his style. Um, most of his work that I was looking at was in black and white. And then like towards like the like eighties and nineties, it starts to get a lot into color. Um, and I, I don't know, I was just very drawn to it. And I just remember thinking when I had found that book, like, I think that this is what I want to do. Like, I want to make iconic photos of people that like, are going to transcend time and that people are going to look back to and it's going to like remind them of like a moment in history and i had no idea at the time that like i was going to go on to you know work with taylor or like do any of the projects that i've done now and right, so right. it's i like had this revelation of making that kind of like full circle moment not very long ago because even when i shot taylor i didn't think back to oh wow like 20 year old me like you're living the dream. To do that. Right. Recently, I really have, especially with this podcast, I've tried to focus in on what is it that I want to do. And then you mentioned about, you know, photographing, you know, is it a celebrity? And do you like it because it's, it's a celebrity or because of the way in which the photograph is taken? Right. Or, or is it both? And I had that last night because I'm putting together my website and it's like, I want people to come and see like, Taylor Swift and like Leonardo DiCaprio and you know Matt Damon and it just like a like boom boom like one after the other and know that I'm like legit and it's like am I <laughs> and this is kind of this like this is, this is me at two o'clock in the morning thinking to myself like am I like cloud chasing by trying to have like famous people on my Instagram for some sort of like weird reason that like I need to talk to my therapist about like I'm seeking validation from people I went to high school with like Rob made it see he has these <laughs> <laughs> um or is it really about the photography yeah. you know it's interesting because I I started photographing my friends in high school and in college and my friends are not like at the time some of my friends now are actors and models and stuff and they have like gotten more success now like that they've been doing it for several years but when i started when i met them they weren't where they are now so at the time they were just like regular people just like me you know and i think that i started photographing my friends with the intention of making them seem very iconic like i really took what ken reagan did with actual icons like mick jagger or bob dylan or madonna and i was just like i photographed my friends as if 
like in my world, they were that, that iconic. And I think that I would just make these characters for them. I don't believe in happy accidents or coincidences. I really believe in in fate and I really believe that things are meant to be. And I, and I know that I'm here because I'm supposed to be here and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But I also know that I didn't waste all the years of my life that I spent doing musical theater because I take a lot of the things that I gathered um, and that I collected that I love from musical theater, like costumes and theatricality and sets and props and all of those things. I, I carry all of those things into the work that I'm even making today. And so kind of merging all of those things that I loved with like my friends who I'm just also very blessed to just be surrounded by beautiful people, you know, right. and I took all of that and started making this work. And then that is kind of like what led into what I'm doing now. I mean, what I'm doing now is the same thing I was doing like in 2015 when I was like, nope, I'm not changing my major. This is what I'm going to do. And like, we're sticking with it. And it's the same thing. It's just more polished now. I just have better equipment now. I have more skills. Um, But it, it, it is, I still have the same intentions. I still like a lot of the same things. It's just a lot more refined. I love that so much. That's so good. And yeah. of course, now we're just working with like bigger names, you know, which is obviously very cool. And, but I don't think that like, like to your point, I don't think that I went into it with like, I want to do this just because I want like the clout or the attention. Like I really just wanted to photograph people. And that's kind of my, my thing all the time. I, a few years ago, M- Mackenzie, my manager had me do an exercise where she just had me like kind of brain dump, like just throw out and write everything like what I wanted to do but like very like specifically but in a non-specific way it was like what kind of people do I want to work with not the specific names of the people what 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 kind of people do I want to work with what kind of jobs do I want to do not like specific companies or things like that but like just the type of of jobs that I want to do and I remember that I wrote down that I wanted to work with people that were talented and that inspired me creatively that had stories to tell and that could just get really fun and creative with me and bringing the characters that I dream up to life. And that's what I'm doing, you know, like that's, that's what I get to do. And whether I'm doing that with like my best friends or my brother or even my dog, you know, or it's Taylor Swift, like it's all the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's all the same intention. You know, your, your work seems so and I know that this is probably just part of like the magic of it all, but from someone on the outside looking in at it, it seems so carefree and fun and colorful. Like I looked at your work and then all of a sudden I felt like I was doing like headshots for a dentist or something like, like my work just seemed, <laughs> <laughs> my work just seemed so like, un- I felt like my work seemed uninspired after seeing it. And it's in a way that is authentic and real and, and it's in a way that seems genuine and not in a way that seems like it's it's a trend. But did you always have that style? Did you come to that? Like, there, do, do you have presets? Uh, if you don't have presets, can you just like on the low send me something from Lightroom or something? <laughs> Tell me so, your secrets, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I was saying, I think that if you go back like to my work, I haven't been making art for for all that long. I, you know, like I, 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 like you said, I'm very young in in this and I like I know that I personally feel like I'm not as young as I actually am but in the grand scheme of things and like a whole lifetime I am very young and I haven't been doing this for not even like 
10 years, really, which is crazy to think about. And if you go back to my work, like when I really started to take it seriously, when I really like found my voice, I think, which was around 2015, it was like that beginning of my third year of college. You look at the work and I think that you, you still see the colors, you see the light, you see just like that, that just authenticness. It's, it's me. Like it's, it's my brain. It's the way that I see the world. It's, it's the way that I want to see the world. You know, uh, I have always been a very like glass half full kind of person. Um, and I have always been very theatrical and very dramatic and I love costumes and I love color and flowers and glitter and stars and all of these things. And that has been consistent through my work. Like I said, now it's just more refined and it's like, it's like an elevated version of myself uh, from 2015. Um, I, I photograph only things that I, that I love and I realize what a privileged statement that is, but I didn't get to that point, and I don't believe that I am at that place of having the privilege of only doing jobs that I enjoy and have fun with and want to do because I have lived a privileged privileged lifestyle because I haven't, you know, like also in my story is like having immigrated from another country and, you know, not having had resources and my entire college career had to be funded on scholarships that I like had to work so hard to get all of these things. And I just am a very spiritual person. And I, I just very much believe that, you know, you can't miss the things that are for you. And I just have always had this very like audacious faith. And I only do jobs that I said that I only wanted to do jobs that were fun to me. And that's, I turn down jobs that don't align with my values and that don't align with the way that I want to be represented in the world. And sometimes it like hurts to turn down that stuff. Cause like, yeah, you could really use the money, but I've always found that like when I have so much faith in myself and in the universe, and I turn down something like that, the, the job that follows is the one that is the most fun. It outdoes the last fun job that I did. And I find myself only doing these things that are incredibly fun for me. And I think that that's why the work is so lively and so colorful because I genuinely have so much fun making it because I have purposely, purposefully surrounded myself with good vibe people. And I'm only making art that feels good to make. And I'm not forcing myself to do something that doesn't feel authentic to myself. And that's why I think that the work comes across as like authentic and carefree because like, that's, that's what I want people to feel. That's how I feel when I'm making it, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. Dude, you're a freaking inspiration. This is so cool. Oh, thank uh, you. That's so sweet. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned like being like, you know, spiritual in a way. It's funny because I grew my dad's a uh, pastor and I grew up kind of religious, but then I got like super jaded and had like this like weird kind of phase in my life where I like hated everything or whatever, like I, I, outwardly very positive, but inwardly very dark. And then over the last two years, I have, um, I got sober and May 20th, it'll be two years that I've been sober and I've gone to a lot of therapy. I am at a place now where I love myself and, and I'm much more kind to myself. Like my first mm-hmm. podcast was sort of just this exploration and ego and like how many people can I meet and like it was very like I'll show them you know what I mean I'm gonna talk to like this person and then and then I just found myself talking to people that I didn't even really want to talk to 
And then over the last two years, I, I have learned to be more kind and more patient. And like you said, sort of just like, it sounds very woo woo, but like trust in the universe that things mm -hmm. will work out. And, um, and recently, I just feel like I've been hitting my stride talking to people like yourself and, you know, Angie Hayes, Victoria Will, it just feels right. Be it's uh, because it's like, I'm saying no to things that I want to do, That's which, right. which is tough. It's totally hard. You know, like, it's yeah. not like it's easy to be in that mindset all the time, you know? And it's like, I have turned down opportunities that have seemed very glamorous and that have like, just been very cool or it's a cool name to work with or whatever. And I've turned it down because something just wasn't right. And, you know, there's always a moment where I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like my confidence is a hundred percent all the time. Like sometimes in those moments, I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Like, was that the right decision in turning that down? Like your ego can totally get the best of you sometimes. And I mean, I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't dealing with ego problems, even like three days ago, you know what I mean? Like it, it's like this constant thing that I'm constantly trying to work on. And I'm constantly trying to be just in good energy because the energy you put out is the energy you receive. And like you said, it, you know, Mackenzie and I have been on this saying yes thing, but it's like saying yes is also saying yes to the right things because in saying yes to the right things, you are saying no to the wrong things. Right, so like right. when I turn down a job that I don't feel is aligned, I'm actually saying yes to jobs that are aligned by saying no to something that was not right for me. And so I'm, I feel like I'm attracting more things that are in alignment with what I want to do. And that's my personal experience. Like I'm sitting here and I'm like, I could rack my brain and tell you so many different examples of things where it's like, I've turned down all of these things. And then like this happened, you know, and then like I booked this job and, and all of the jobs that I have booked have been just very specific to me, very like monumentally important to me. And it just is, it's none of it is a coincidence to me. You know, I, I also had a moment in like 2017, I was fresh out of school and I just remember kind of like trying to, I, I had this moment of just, I don't know, I, I don't even know what to call it, but I just felt like I, I was out trying to make art that I thought I needed to make, not making art that I wanted to make. And I was not getting the things that I wanted. I was like running in circles of people that I didn't really want to be with. I was not impressed with like the way that I was making art. I was not impressed with the art that people were making around me. Like, but, I, but it was all clout. And I just like, felt like I needed to, to be there and make it in there so that I could, I don't know, get to the next level, but that's not how you get to where you're supposed to be. Like I was like fully blocking myself from like the things that were actually meant for me because I was trying to like control it myself and it doesn't work that way. Right. And kind of like play God kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't work that way. Like, I don't know. Mackenzie is always telling me all she always says, you know, let the art tell you what it needs to be. Like let the art show you what it what it wants to be. And that sounds like you said so woo woo, but oh my God, it's I so I say that in like every podcast, but like, <laughs> I need to come up no, with like a new I, way of saying that. Yeah. I know, <laughs> I know. I say that all the time too because I know that the way that I think some people are like eye roll it's like so woo woo. But it's like this is my truth. And like this is like my personal life experience that I have like 
full receipts that I can show you, you know, like this is, this is real. And like, this happens. So I know it's possible. And so, yeah, Mackenzie's always saying, you know, like, let the art show you what it wants to be. And I think that the second that I stopped trying to make art that I thought I needed to make. And I, and I got back to making the art that I wanted to make. That was when things started working out. And that's when doors started opening and like, you know, it doesn't come, it's not all rainbows and sunshines. There's a lot of like emotional stuff. There's grief and just like emotions that go like this, that are all woven into all of these like miracles and like good things that happen to me, but that's just like life. Like, I'm not trying to say that, like, you're going to get all the things you want by just like sitting here and being Zen and being like, Oh yeah, like right, whatever. Like it's going to come to me. It's like, yeah, you have to do a certain amount of work. Like you got to meet the universe halfway. It's called co-creating for a reason, you know? And I don't know. I just, like I said, I, I, I try to talk about both sides of it because I don't ever want people to think that it's like, it's so easy that I'm saying it's so easy because it's, it, it's not, it's not easy work to work on yourself. It's not easy work to like put yourself in good energy and to like take care of yourself and, you know, take care of your emotions and like to really be vulnerable enough to let the art show you what the art wants to be. You know, you talked about ego and I know that that's something that's always there. It's like a protective thing, right? It's kind of like stay with the, stay with the pack, like stay in your lane sort of thing. That's just like hardwired in like every human being everywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I think a lot about is, is like fear. It's weird for me because like the closer that I get Uh towards this dream of like becoming a professional photographer, the more like kind of scared I get and the more I find Mm -hmm. myself like procrastinating. Oh my God. Yeah. You seem to have this can, can do attitude. Like, oh no, no, no. (laughs) Do not be fooled. Do not be fooled. Uh, fear is all up in this as well. Yeah. Like when Taylor Swift calls you and it's like, like you got the job, like meet me at my my house. It's like, you know, I am such a spiritual person and I am constantly praying and asking God to like put me in these rooms. And then I get to the rooms and I'm scared. And I will freak out and then imposter syndrome hits. And then I'm like, I'm the youngest person here bossing around these like 40 year old dudes. And like, why would they listen to me? Why would they even care about what I have to say? Like, what do I know? Like, I haven't been doing this that long. And it's just fear. And I like remember going to see this aura reader and it was this amazing woman. Her name was Nicole. And she told me that she was like, Valeria, I see so much fear in you and I see this like amazing life for you. And like all of these things, like you have these great, big, giant, amazing ideas and all of it's possible for you. You've already lived some of them. And I'm like, this woman doesn't know me. And I'm just like, whoa, like, how does she know this? <laughs> this was like post Taylor. So I was just like, whoa, like, how does she know? And yeah. she was like, and the thing is, is that all of these things, she's like, you know, that nothing is impossible. And you know that all of these things are at your reach, but fear is the only thing that's going to stop you from getting them. And that's like, that's inside of me. Like I'm the one that can like choose to listen to that or choose to not listen to that. And that is something that, like I said, like, that's what I was saying a little bit ago where it's like, yes, I am very spiritual and I'm very like, oh yes, we're co-creating with the universe and it's all (laughs) great. And it is, but at the same time, there's a lot of fear that goes with having that level of trust in things that you can't see. I mean, faith is so scary because like you're literally putting 
I put all of my eggs in that basket, in my faith basket. And it's just like, I have to trust. And it's like some days it's easier to believe this than other days. And that's why it's so good to surround yourself by people that are on the same page with you and that like believe the same things that you do, because when your faith falters, they will fuel you back up. Thank you, God, for Mackenzie. Seriously. And like, she's probably laughing at me because she has to like talk me off a ledge (laughs) multiple times a week when I call her and I'm just like, you know, I, I know that like, I'm supposed to trust that, that this didn't work out because it wasn't meant for me, but it hurts. It hurts that it didn't work out for me. That's ego. And that's fear because I'm like, that's ego being like, Oh, you're not worthy or whatever. And then that's fear also telling me like, Oh, that didn't work out. Well, guess what? looks like nothing else is ever going to work out. Like you're a loser. (laughs) And it's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not what we have faith in. Like we, like, I really, like I said to you earlier, I believe like we can't miss the things that are for us and it is so much easier said than done, but it is true. And I have proven it to be true. And I don't know. I just, I try to always come back to that as my baseline. Like that is my faith that we can't miss the things that are for us. So if something doesn't work out, it wasn't for me. I'm better off without it. If I need something, it will be given to me. It will be provided for me. I have never not had something that I needed. Like I was either given the resources through some crazy miraculous way. Like I've always been taken care of. And that's, that is the antidote to the fear, but the fear is something that I am constantly working on. And I just like, like I told you, I want to make sure that I talk about both sides of this because it's not all woo woo rainbows and butterflies. There is a lot of like spiritual, like just, I don't know, I guess warfare. Like it's like two sides of me that are like constantly at battle with each other. And it's like light and dark. And it's just like the light side is just always trying to like fight that fear. But I am a very fearful person. And the fact that you have brought this up in this podcast and I was not expecting to talk about fear. I feel (laughs) really like dragged (laughs) right now. And it's like, confront your fears on a public podcast. And that's what we're doing here. So thank you. My therapist is going to be really happy that we spoke. (laughs) that's good that's good there are people that are listening to this podcast i hope or eventually will listen to this podcast that are very young and starting out maybe they're in high school and they're trying to get after it or middle school whatever you know that's that's my i never know who's listening but i i know that that regardless of age people are listening listening to this and they're in a place of fear and trying to start out um i know that you've already given some advice but if someone was to come to you and say like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about doing photography, you know, I, I, I'm looking to get like my first camera, maybe from like a practical standpoint, like what would you tell them and, and how would you get started in today's day and age? I know you had like a rebel, but if you were to advise someone, what would you tell them? I would really encourage people to learn how to do a lot with a little mm-hmm. because I had to, I had to do that starting out because I didn't have a choice. You know, like my dad, that was my like Christmas birthday present for like the next two years wrapped in one when my dad (laughs) gave me that camera, which also he bought on black Friday because he had to get a good deal on it. And I just, I had to learn how to, I I've always had big ideas. I've always had like big references. And I was always referencing really beautiful, big work. Like I very rarely am referencing a picture of a person on a plane backdrop with nothing, like very rarely. 
I usually am referencing images with big sets and big costumes and big fashion. But it's like, how do you make art like that when you don't have any of those resources at your disposal? How do you make art like that when you don't know a single person that's a stylist? How do you make art like that when you don't have access to a giant shooting bay with like thousands of dollars worth of lights and things like that? Like, how do you how do you do you just let that stop you? It's like, no, you don't. And so. I had to learn out of like, uh, what is it like sink or swim, right? Like I had to learn out of necessity how to make art with very little resources and on an insane budget because I didn't have money. And I like, Often you know, no budget. I mean? yeah, <laughs> no, like zero budget. Like no one was funding these shoots. Like it was fully me. And if I had to make like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to feed the people that were helping me, like, because I couldn't cater the shoot, then that's what was happening. You know, like mm-hmm. if we couldn't afford backdrops and like stands, then I would go and thrift sheets and uh, big pieces of fabric and we would tie them to the trees. Like I, I just wouldn't let things stop me. Like I remember seeing these really beautiful Dior gloves um, in this photo shoot one time and they were these lace gloves and they had these beautiful like intricate flower like three-dimensional flowers embroidered on them and I knew that they were obviously going to be like so expensive because they were Dior and I just I I I remember being like I've never seen anything so beautiful like I would love to shoot with something like this but I don't have access to this like I don't know any contacts at Dior I'm also not someone that they're just gonna up and send these like thousand dollar gloves to for no reason (laughs) You know, like I, I, I'm not there. So instead I just like went out and I bought myself like these $3 lace gloves at party city. And I went to Hobby Lobby, which is like my jam. And (laughs) I bought a bunch of like three dimensional paper flowers. And then I spent two hours hot gluing the flowers to the gloves and referencing the picture, like side by side and just trying to like replicate them as best as I could. And then Obviously, they don't look anything like the actual Dior gloves, but in a way, I think that they are more special to me because I made them. And also, they have like this really beautiful handmade quality about them and like this very tactile, like uh, DIY feel to them. And then when I use them in the photos, I felt like it, it, it just felt so authentic to me, you know, like that was kind of like, do I still have them? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I've used them multiple times in different (laughs) photo shoots and they're beautiful and I'm so proud of them. And so much of that is like, like, that's just one example, but it's like that example can be applied to the way that I've made so much of my art has been through just this kind of DIY spirit of like, I may not have the money to buy a $500 seamless backdrop. So I'm just going to patchwork together drape different fabrics together to get a look that I'm proud of that I'm so proud of like I wouldn't let the lack of money or lack of resources stop me from making things and that's what I think is like the most important thing to tell people that are starting out because I I do get so many dms from people saying like oh I don't have a camera like what what should I do I want to be a photographer but I don't have a camera it's like do you have a phone that has a good camera, like an iPhone or an Android that like these phones have great cameras now. Like I've shot campaigns fully on my phone before, you know, I shot a New York fashion week show on my phone entirely. 
you know, like it can be done. You just have to get creative with it and you have to really open your mind because you're the only one that limits yourself, whether it be through like we were talking about fear or like you just telling yourself that you can't do something because you don't have X. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't believe in that. And Mackenzie also says to me, you know, like, if you can make something. I need Mackenzie in my life. Everyone needs a Mackenzie in their life, truly. (laughs) But, you know, it's like if you can make a masterpiece with three crayons, imagine what you'll be able to make when they give you the entire box. And that is truly what happened to me. That's a bar right there. On on Lover. Because I had been making art in my backyard and in my parents' driveway with my friends, like draping stuff to trees and like just using natural light because I didn't have access to lights and when I went and did lover it was it was I brought that spirit with me but obviously we were on a on a set with budget you know like there was budget there any backdrop that I wanted I could have had like all of these things and still that if you look at the behind the scenes video of that of how that photo shoot was was done yeah, I was it, like, where's all the lights? Like, where exactly? Use, it's it lights? was shot, it was all shot outside, and it was shot exactly the way that like I I don't know. It, that, that was just that's the way that I that I was so used to working. That's the way that I love to work is just stripping it down, going outside with like beautiful sunlight or like just beautiful light in general, um, and just good vibes, good friends, and uh, just a spirit of open-mindedness and creativity. And I really think that that, I mean, I I just think that 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 is truly the biggest testament of what I'm saying, because there's proof of that. You can go watch that video and you're right. Where are the lights? There are no lights. We didn't use it. And it was like dark when you finished. It was like nothing. I was like, damn, that's like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Meeting you today and then seeing that video, it all like makes sense now. It's like, it's, I could see this like clear, trajectory and and i could see like your influences and i could totally picture you at like michael's or like hobby lobby or whatever just like going crazy and people like what going back for the fifth time that day like that's that's you just gotta have you gotta have some faith in the vision you know like you you gotta believe you're crafty though that's cool it's like yeah and i I, and i've i've always been very creative like i've always been a very like you said, crafty person and i enjoy doing arts and crafts and so all of that is kind of stuff that like I've carried with me and evolved and, you know, I use it now to like help me uh, achieve the visions. And obviously there's also a point though, where like, when you get to a certain point, you don't have to continue like struggling just because like you want to, you know what I mean? Like if, if you are given the opportunity to level up and like, like I was given the opportunity to be on that very nice set with a very big budget for Taylor, like there was no reason for us to need to struggle the way that we've struggled making some of these other projects that I'm telling you about, you know, like yeah. those projects are fun and yeah, it, it is nice to have a nicer camera. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like equipment doesn't make a difference. Resources don't make a difference. I'm just saying that lack of shouldn't stop you from. Yeah. Creating. yeah. Uh, I'm really I, glad I, that I, that I, behind the scenes video exists because I think that it's really cool that for people, especially young photographers and young artists to see that even someone as big and as like notable and as important as Taylor Swift can still be photographed and still make art with them. Like you can still make art with them in such a minimal and stripped down way. Like you don't need all of these like fancy things. Like I used to think that you could only be a photographer if you had 
you know, if you were shooting indoors, like I used to think that you couldn't work with people of that caliber unless you were renting out like a magnificent studio in in LA or New York. And like you were having the best lights and all of that. And it's, it was refreshing for me as well to like be validated in that. And I, and I hope that that like video exists. I think it exists to show people that it's possible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely got that. And I'm somebody who, you know, I, I've always done like natural light. And then more recently, I have, um, you know, I've got all these soft boxes and I got everything like, because you just, at a certain point, like if you're going to do like editorial, um, yeah. I always use the word editorial. I'm not necessarily sure that that's exactly the right word, but if I want to do like celebrity portraiture, I guess it's a better way of wording it. I'm going to, I keep saying editorial, but I think I'm using that word wrong, but it's along those lines. But if I want to do that, it's good to sort of have those, as I said, like in the podcast with, with Arch Driver. Or as he said, you know, the the their tools in the kitchen, chefs not yeah, absolutely they do different things. It's good absolutely. to have them, but I, I I'm now starting to limit myself and it's like, no, you can still go outside. It's a balance of both. Yeah. Because I think that like it's it's good to know how to use those things and then make a conscious decision and like not using them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when I was first starting nice out, like it wasn't a I wasn't making that decision to not shoot with lights because I was like consciously choosing to not work with lights. I was not working with lights because I couldn't afford to work with lights. There's a difference. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, now it's like, if we can achieve a better look with using these tools, like art said, then why wouldn't we, you know? And it's like, you eventually will get to that point. But I I just think that it's, you got to find the balance of like, not feeling like you can only make art with certain materials or without certain materials. Like you gotta be like, you should be able to like make art in whatever circumstances like are thrown at you because that's truly like what I think letting the art tell you what it needs. I think that that's what that means. You know, that's perfect, dude. This has been so good. I feel fired up. I think I'm, I think I'm going to sell all of my stuff now and and just try, (laughs) I'm going to go back to getting a, (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to cash out. I'm going to go back to my Rebel T3. I'm going to go to Hobby Lobby and I'm going to do my best to, to try and make work like you. This Don't is- sell it because you never know. Like two years from now, you might be like, okay, that was fun for a while, but now I want to make only stuff with lights, you know? Yeah, and like exactly. give yourself the option and the room to play. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm going to keep it for sure. Uh, I, <laughs> I definitely still want a studio too. If anybody, that's like my new thing is how, my, how am I going to finagle getting yeah. a studio? Like I'll, yeah. I'll let you be the primary sponsor of my podcast for a year. Just let me like have a studio where right. I could like put up some like scenes. That'd be a dream. My dream is to have one of those things where they have like you see it in, sometimes in studios where they have like every color of the rainbow and like a seamless like going down yeah. the wall. I yeah. don't need I don't need that, but I just want to have that. But you just, just want to have it. Yeah. You just want to have the options and like Absolutely. a hammock somewhere. I don't know why I feel like I need. <laughs> I'm, I'm manifesting it. We're getting woo woo yeah. here. I'm manifesting it. I'm putting it out there. So that's um, right. Thank you so much for doing this. Where can people find you online? What's the best place to get in touch? Honestly, uh, my website, ValeriaRocha.com. My Instagram is Valeria123. There's an H after the L. Don't forget. It's important to me. Um, <laughs> and yeah, just DM me. I'm like, so I, I read my DMs all the time. I'm always happy to share any question that I can share, unless it's like confidential, but I'm always happy to like share about my process, what cameras I used, how I made something. My process is just like, it's photography, but it's also just art and collage and all of that. So I'm always, 
I, I try to be an open book. So I yeah. hope that people will DM me if they have any questions. You definitely were. My, my wife was, was like, you need to get this girl on the podcast. Let me know how it goes. And then like within an hour, I was like, she said yes. This is so cool. So it's good. That's so yeah, cool. Thank you so much. It was so fun talking to you. I appreciate that you were so open-minded and let me talk about all of this woo-woo shit. So no, it's cool. I, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> all right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.